to Mind Crime Liberty Show with me, Swindon Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss, has Bitcoin already saved the world? So not whether the Bitcoin will save the world, but has it already saved the world? Tim. This would be my counter narrative in favor of Bitcoin, in favor of the the pro-Bitcoin Austrians and against the haters. Um, uh, one of the things we talk to and discuss is, his various lectures on praxeology uses and the method of, of his method of economics is the necessity of having a priori thinking um, and the impossibility of using empirical means to test certain propositions. Famously, minimum wage, is, this is the famous go-to. Uh, can you test it? Uh, uh, and, and that's sort of the back door how I got into finding these things is through methodology. In that regard, I, I, I think methodology, epistemology is somewhat interesting. Um, but 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 the, to get to the question of Bitcoin here, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, has Bitcoin or crypto? I should call it crypto because because it might get replaced by something in the same way that Facebook replaced MySpace. Could could be Ethereum or or Dogecoin or something like that. Let's just say crypto. Has crypto saved the world? Uh, so you know, one of the things that you you. you so say I'm moving the goalposts is one of the criticisms is, but first of all, it works. If it works in the sense that people have traded goods for uh, Bitcoin, like so famously pizza day, someone trade like something like 21 million Bitcoins for a pizza. You call it bartering, but um, you know, you get it. I think Brian Kaplan and Walter Block had a somewhat interesting obscure debate online once. And, you know, Brian Kaplan said you could trade something for a joke. Um, so Dogecoin's joke, he could, he said buying, the benefit of buying Dogecoin is you're buying a joke um, in some ways. Uh, 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 so, so I think Bitcoin works it, 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 as merely as a minimum as a collector's item, you know, something you know, you know, interesting for like my dad's business, you know, he used to buy, he still does this, buys stamps, but he buys them from at auctions from collectors. So you could buy like $30,000 worth of Elvis stamps which is $60,000 of postage. So for a while, people would collect stamps um, or you know, other things, Lawningburger baskets. There's other obscure items you'll, people try to invest in. Now, at minimum, crypto works like that. And it's actually better than that for now, actually significantly better than looking at the return. Um, um, so it works, so it passes that test. But if you look at the recent growth of it, it's something like two and a half trillion. Uh, which is, you know, you know, as people are complaining, it's bigger than Disney, bigger than Apple. Bill Maher was complaining that, you know, it, it, Ethereum produces nothing. It has bigger market cap than Disney. Um, 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 so no product. Uh, uh, so which lays me out to like my first question here I'm going to ask you. Uh, uh, before I get to that, I want to continue on. Um, I th- why I think why I'm asking this question now, has Bitcoin saved the world now? What we've done recently everyone knows we printed a heck of a lot of money all central banks around all over the world has printed a huge amount of money um uh, and you know even people who like printing money have commented that we printed a lot of money uh 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 we've basically went full mmt we're not keynesians anymore we're probably mmtiers at this point um and and i think bob murphy had a debate with an mmtier once and he's you know the MMT or took offense to the fact that he was saying that it's a form Bob Murphy was complying was sort of a theft of the current holders of money um, that printing more money devalues their holdings. And he took offenses accusing that as a theft because it is theft in a way. 
but this is the this is the privilege that central banks have of printing money. Uh, um, so I would say I'm a red pilled fiat currency. You, you, once you understand what fiat currency is and the, the, what central banks are allowed to do, it's sort of it, it you sort of it, it's hard to go about the world as is. Now you could go the, the gold bug position is to always go back to gold. Um, but but gold gold as I, th- I think Michael Saylor, who's a famous Bitcoin advocate, said, you know, gold gets stolen all the time. You know, FDR banned gold. Caesar attacked cities with for gold. The, the Russians looted gold, sold it to the Americans, and the Americans had the gold standard, and they of course sort of took it all hostage, um, and then said, no, nope, it's all fiat. So so Bitcoin is an amazing technology in some ways. Is it's a good. It's like those stamps. But it, it holds its value. Um, and I would say Bitcoin has soaked up a lot of the insanity and provided people a reason to save. Um, because this is this is where the Jeff Dice was treating uh, the president of the Mises, whatever the head of the Mises Foundation was saying that you know, we're watching this witness in real time. People are hoarding money through Bitcoin. So if you think of Bitcoin, it's like I five years ago put $100 into this this good. This, it was a joke. It was a political statement. It was t- entirely speculative. But I could have taken that $100 and spent it elsewhere. And many more people have been putting it into this. So if you think savings is valuable, the reason why it's worth two and a half trillion dollars is people have put money into it. Bill Maher, people have put scarce money into this fund, which also doubles as a payments thing. And I would say that has soaked up a lot. Of, that gives people a reason to save. The only reason you're going to save is unless you're unless you like like working, which is true. People like working. You know, Marx, Tyler Cowen and Christ all are correct in this. People like working. So people continue working, even though their money is made of fiat because they enjoy it and they have nothing else to do. Um, but I would say that in some levels, in some key areas or some key people, Bitcoin has been a somewhat of a. It, like a net beneath this sort of fiscal insanity we've had. I would assume you agree we've had fiscal insanity the past eh, 18 months. I mean, there's normal fiscal insanity, and then there's this variety. I would assume you agree with that. Don't you think Bitcoin has provided a breakdown? Of course, it's, it's, it's ballooned, but it's ballooned almost as much as that. And people have put real, you know, they could have spent that $100 at McDonald's, but instead they bought Bitcoin. So it has real value. I think that's that has to be demonstrated there. So then what do you make of my narrative that it's saved the world? I mean, instead of arguing whether or not it works, let's say it, it works and it's it not only it works, it, it saved the world from this cliff we're going off of. Swift. I wouldn't go far as to say it saved the world. It has provided a, a easy asset that people know that they can buy, that they have a reasonable confidence that it will appreciate in value. Now, of course, it might not keep appreciating in value, but uh, given that there's been massive monetary inflation and on an astonishing level, um, uh, was it like 40% of the world's dollar supply was created in 2020? I mean, the rate of monetary expansion with is 2020 was unprecedented it was just off the charts so bitcoin has provided uh people with places to put their money i mean really as 
you could say is an inflation hedge. Uh, the, I mean, I was looking at the Bitcoin price now in uh, in pounds is forty six and a half, more well, close to forty six and a half thousand, which is very close to its previous peak because after Elon Musk dumped it, the price did uh, fall somewhat. Uh, and I think now, it oh, I think it might well be at an all time high now. So it's the dip has happened and it's gone all the way back up. So it is it is still quite volatile. But um, if you look at its value over, say, a five-year period, it is rocketed. Uh, it has had previous um, rises and falls, but again, it, it's made them back up. And what is most interesting, you say, save the world. I mean, it didn't start going up immediately in 2020. But um, when I think the effects of the monetary inflation took effect, people went, you know what, let's get into something else. Uh, at least some people did. And so then, then this put the um, world, um, the, the, the price up. Uh, an interesting situation as well with Bitcoin saving the world is uh, in El Salvador. Uh, in El Salvador now, uh, Bitcoin is now legal tender. Um, El Salvador doesn't have its own currency and basically primarily uses the US dollar. But they've even now allowed, um, the El Salvador government has allowed people to pay their taxes in Bitcoin. And they have an interesting system whereby um, the uh, El Salvadorian government. So if anyone offers you Bitcoin to, to buy anything from you, you have to accept it. But there's an app in which uh, the El Salvadorian government will agree to buy any Bitcoins from you at the current dollar price. The idea being that, well, if you think Bitcoin is too volatile, and you don't want to hold it. Um, you accept it in the trade, but then the El Salvadorian government will buy it from you immediately. Uh, one of the reasons for doing this for El Salvador is that they had a very volatile uh, monetary system and were not considered a particular sort of safe haven at all uh, financially. And this is a way of trying to increase their uh, financial stability standing in the world. Um, so that could be an, an interesting um, development to see how well El Salvador does. Um, uh, that said, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if El Salvador has a coup. Uh, which may or may not be influenced by a large country, which is somewhat north of El Salvador, uh, which is, of course, a, uh, possible. Now, Bitcoin in the long term, uh, it could work. I mean, you mentioned gold. Uh, one most the most interesting point, I think, made by a guy called Frank Justra, who had, had a debate with Michael Saylor. It wasn't a particularly interesting debate, to be fair. Uh, but the most interesting point my, uh, Frank Justra said was that um, currently Bitcoin's um, price correlates with say the stock market and general assets whereas gold is inversely related so uh, when you have good times of the stock market going up and uh, general assets bitcoin goes up as well when it crashes when high unemployment etc bitcoin goes down in value but that's the case time when gold goes up now that could well change bitcoin could still go up that's possible but i do think that's uh, a potential um argument in favor of gold from a uh, uh, store of value perspective. But um, overall, the development of crypto is you know, undeniably a good thing um, because at least it puts some additional pressure on the state fiat currencies. I mean, for uh, Bill Meyer to say, oh, no, Ethereum and Bitcoin is, is, is uh, not based on anything. It's like, uh, what about the US dollar? I mean, 
if Bitcoin is bad, surely the US dollar is much, 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 much worse. But this is something that is lost on uh, many or most people. Your point about the uh, Frank, the Frank Riesta point about it's being correlated with the stock market and the growth of the stock market. Um, that goes back to sort of the uh, the question of, you know, empirical versus uh, uh, a priori theorizing. Uh, you know, I think I um we'll have to see when a when a crash happens. Um, this is this is something that um may it could just be unavoidable. It could be if, if Brian Kaplan has made this point too. If you have Island A, which is perfect bank and island b is a inflationary bank and island a trades with island b will island a which has the perfect bank have inflation effects it's probably true um so there might be no no due to the size of this um there might be no place to hide um hide so i i think a lot of bitcoin skeptics aren't skeptical enough uh, i mean the whole world could just fall apart uh, uh, you know, in, just descend into violence and, and just chaos. And you know, we recently did an episode on the environment. Um, um, you know, this is this this is this is where I think viewing currency money as a technology is an extremely interesting thing. Instead of viewing it as a tangible thing, view it as an idea. Um, so in this way, you know, fiat currency by being infinitely printable. Uh, you know, but George Floyd can't print it. Interestingly enough. That's one of the things I learned recently that George Floyd was actually trying to pass a counterfeit $20 bill, um, um, but which is what the Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen do all the time. Um, uh, but they just have the actual stamp to do it. Um, um, so the so the, that's that's what annoys me about the Bill Maher types is the state can just print whatever and gives it to its friends. Um, 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 this is the cantilever in fact, the prices, of course. But money as a technology is really interesting. And I think if people don't lose faith in their money and people just stop working, we'll have a very poor society. This is something I was reading recently about the Soviet Union is Lenin actually re-implemented quote unquote capitalism. He basically stated this. Stalin and Lenin had a bit of, of an argument over this. Um, um, this is the new economic policy. He, he viewed it as a tactical retreat for socialism. We just basically re-implemented for-profit, small and medium-sized firms. In the, to try to return Russia to its, because it was basically just falling apart. They kept trying to expropriate peasants for, then the peasants said, ah, screw it, I'm not going to work. Why work if you're just going to come and take my crops? You're supposed to take care of me. Um, so, so they basically said, no, we're going to do five for five years. We're re-implementing this, and they actually did. And actually returned Russia to its 1913 grain production numbers by 1920s. Uh, uh, so, so to me, what what is the significance? Well, again, that's a semi-free system. Um, and a period of nationalization. So I, I do think sometimes we had a guest on about crypto. And one of the points I made was that everything could just fall apart um, um, if, if because, because you know, money serves as a store of value. It's a payments thing because we can't all barter. We can't, too much division of labor. I mean, the Amish could, the Sangalese could. Um, um, but if we want to avoid those scenarios, I do think we need something. And that's where I think Bitcoin provides hope. Um, uh, maybe it's a pipe dream. Gold still remains the backdoor hope. It's sort of way back. I'm not against gold. I'm not. I Mike. I I think they. I think I'm. I'm. I, I think the gold people and the Bitcoin people should be at peace with one another, not at war. I think they can be complementary. Um, what do you make about the hope point and the technology point, Swithin? Because I I think money as a technology, is sort of underpins 
certain acts. And you could always say, well, coal and oil created the Industrial Revolution. It could be money itself. And again, the, as even Milton Friedman points out in his economic history, you know, we had a huge amount of growth before 1914 in terms of things. And Tyler Cowen does as well. Uh, you know, before 1914, had huge changes. And that was the era of the gold standard, too. So I, I think that's interesting. What do you make about that, um, Swithin? So um, I do think you could claim that um, that Bitcoin provides some sort of, or crypto as such, provides some sort of hope. Um, I mean, at the current rate of things, is it going to be preferable to gold, possibly? Uh, as I say, it, it, it's, it's difficult to tell. Um, I mean, you, you make the point that um, you can't, gold is easy to steal, uh, which you could say is easier, relatively speaking, than sort of stealing Bitcoin, although what even stealing Bitcoin would mean would be another question. Uh, so as an aside with that, Stefan Kinsella doesn't actually think you can own Bitcoin in a strict sense. Uh, take Because it's just a, a string of numbers, and if you would happen to uh, access them and use it well then they'll just be sort of copying it and so you wouldn't really be stealing it because you'd still have uh that numerical value but I, I don't remember the precise formulation of his argument um but one potential problem with uh crypto in general is the increasing control that um the governments are trying to take on energy consumption so for instance with smart meters uh, there was allegedly a right-wing conspiracy, which was smart meters were going to be used so that the uh, the government or the, could then decide in emergencies emergencies to switch the power off to certain uh, items in your house, so that uh, or, or they restrict your consumption so that we can keep the grid in good condition. Uh, uh, I suspect any. Uh, activity that might indicate crypto mining of various description would be clamped down on in that situation and then you're going to need to rely on sort of more local energy generation sources um and i don't know whether or not having your own solar panel or wind turbine is going to particularly work that well i mean at least with gold for instance you can just store it in a room and that's all you need it for you don't need any continual uh energy producing i mean that's interesting actually with uh bitcoin and, and um crypto in general um the US dollar well, is purely fiat. I mean, it's just like creates out of nowhere. Uh, with um, uh, crypto, crypto is basically energy money. You need energy to make it uh, and sort of sustain its existence in the way that you don't for the US dollar supply. Although I suppose you could argue that you need to keep the computer on with noughts and ones on it for the supply of the US dollar. But um, I mean, it is more real than um, the US dollar or the pound, for instance. So um, I do think it provides hope, but I mean, you've got to be careful about how uh, governments will intend to try to regulate it, and they will. Uh, the EU are attempting to try and create a, a regulated crypto market, and um, there will be attempts to sort of restrict the use and um, try to prevent widespread adoption of it. So I, I do think the El Salvador experiment will be interesting here. I do think the government will try to regulate it, uh, but I think this is where this is where technology. This is where I think Bitcoin is just a further extension of the printing press in a way. Um, um, it, it's going to be hard for them to regulate due to its adoption. Um, um, 
due to the, because they can't shut down due to the, again, we have different sort of horrific scenarios in the future. If you want to argue that everything will just fall apart, everything will go, and we'll just have, this This is sort of Graham Hancock's theory. Graham Hancock's theory is somewhere around 5,000 years ago. It was a giant flood, and every there was a mega civilization, everything collapsed. This is why I view Graham Hancock as a serious thinker, not just a guy on the History Channel and Joe Rogan. Um, and so I think there's certain scenarios where we're all just dead um, um, and forget saving value. It's more like we're going to end up on a deserted island. Um, um, but there's certain middle of the road scenarios where I, I think Bitcoin can provide a solution where we maintain some degree of or or grow industrialization, which is, I think, the sailor view. Uh, maybe that's a cult view. Um, but I, th- I think it provides because states increasingly do not have any discipline with a financial thing. Now, maybe people will just keep on ignoring that and just keep on the prices. Um, but that only helps the state, ironically, if people keep their prices low in the state. You know, like uh, my barber, for example, still charges what she charged uh, 20 years ago. Um, and I, I, I tip, tip, tip them. But I still think, you know, you, you know, that's like in some ways you're being exploited by inflation um, by still charging the same. Um, 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 but I, I, uh, I, uh, I think it provides hope. And I do think there are side benefits too. I think, I think the state, the China tried to crack down on it. Um, they made it formally illegal, but all you need is a VPN. And again, you could say, well, they could just go after those, but this becomes like trying to ban alcohol or try to ban banned books. Um, yes, some states can do it. Uh, only certain types of states do it, not very developed ones. They're going to have a problem. That, maybe there's brave new world scenarios where they actually can do it. Um, um, maybe there is. There could be there. Uh, but I, I think the piece, I do think there's a short-term value that's already been created. There's a lot of banned websites that um, basically have been eliminated on Stripe and PayPal, where really the only way to pay them is through Bitcoin. Well, that's the easiest way to pay for them. Uh, and I mean, various Americans have had, you know, banks like Chase and, you know, Citigroup, they, they don't let certain people on it, on their services. So Bitcoin, again, there's already a sort of hope. Bitcoin, um, now of course, the Bitcoin critics will say, well, don't kidnappers and money launderers use it. Well, yeah, the U.S. government uses fiat currency all the time for that. Um, but um, um, to go after Julian Assange, too. Um, but I think there are all sorts of... You, there are nefarious reasons Bitcoin gets used, but so does U.S. dollars too, uh, so do euros. But but I think there are certain websites. You know, LouRockwell.com was recently kicked off of a uh, payment thing. I know there's websites way off that area that already been kicked off and kicked off years ago. Um, so I think Bitcoin already provides a method to transfer more money. And actually, places like in Afghanistan, all the Americans left behind in Afghanistan. Um, that's the only way you can get money in and out of Afghanistan or in and out of Venezuela or in and out of, of Russia and China, um, which is actually one of the reasons why some governments are quite cracked down it. But the elites themselves will own it. Um, and this was one the, the crypto people on Lex Friedman was saying the elites, the elite buy-in around the world will also prop it up, too. They all invest their fortunes into Bitcoin in the same reason historically they did in gold, just because, you know, it's an asset they can hold and keep. Uh, so that that's my cake. What do you make about the Bitcoin um, already being a means of payments? As you were talking about the smart meters, um, I can imagine state or issued digital currency 
uh, you know, certain businesses would not be allowed to be shopped at. Um, um, so now again, you always say, well, they could they could go after the VPNs or things like that. Of course, of course. But this is where we get into which apocalypse are we talking about? And I think it's already provided some means of social arrangement here already. What do you make of that, Swithin? And then we'll get going. Um, I do think it has been made of, of uh, means of payment. Um, but what uh, and so that is a, a useful thing that has, has performed has kept some certain places going. What I would say, though, is um, you're going to tend to avoid the double coincidence of once and to avoid barter. Uh, any currency that's going to be used is going to for it to be valuable as a means of exchange is going to have to be accept, accepted by a very, very wide range of people. And so this is why I think it's disanalogous to, say, uh, certain websites that can keep going via crypto or whatever. Well, that's fine because they don't need everybody to actually go to these websites. But for crypto to become mainstream, basically everyone has to use it. Um, well, obviously these sites didn't go mainstream, but as in, if you're going to get the, the, the value out of it as a means of exchange, it's going to be widely available and widely accepted. And if the government cramps, clamps down on it, uh, the influence it can have is a lot less than you could have from, say, a website could still go in because that just needs a few people to spread the word from there and go get those ideas out, which doesn't work the same with uh, currency because you actually just need people to use the currency. Um, so I think that is to some extent uh, why it's disanalogous. Your point is to which apocalypse is going to happen first or whatever is, is a perfectly reasonable point. Um, but um, I do think um, that clamping down on the currency is going to make a much is going to be because of the nature of a currency is going to have a much bigger impact than, say, um, on, on its widespread use than, say, alcohol. So, I mean, if someone else doesn't drink alcohol, you can. That's fine. But if someone else doesn't use your currency and you do, well, then they won't accept it. And so. I think that's the fundamental difference when it comes to currency than um, uh, other sort of tangible products. I, my point there was I think the state was unable to uh, ban the state. The state was technologically and, and or lacked the will. Um, there are some states that can. I just think the state lacks the will and the ability to actually ban it. That, that's my point. My point about funding certain websites is if you want currently there's certain websites where I'm not really sure. You know, if you're kicked off Stripe, PayPal, and various other things. How do I get $100 to them uh, if I want to make a donation? That's really the only way to do it at this point um, um, that's somewhat mainstream or mainstream enough. That's my point about already. Uh, that's part of the point there. Um, and I, you know, Jeffrey Tucker was saying this, you know, the, one of the reasons you, you save is, is there's no point in saving um, if, if, if your value is just going to keep falling down in what you're saved. You just want to make, basically make what you need and, not anything extra. Um, um, and that savings is to the Austrian, roughly, and Manger talks about this, uh, is how you get sort of get civilization. It's not spending. Um, so, you know, if Bitcoin's going up, if Ethereum and Litecoin and Dogecoin is going up, you have an incentive not to spend. Um, um, if, you, if, you, if you get, if, you, if the government sends you $1,500 and you take that $1,500, instead of spending on Amazon, on useless consumer goods, you put it in Bitcoin, that's how you can, you know, you know, so, so Bitcoin's been crazy, but I would say the world's been crazy. I mean, the gold, gold, gold has fluctuated too. Uh, again, it's a lot more stable, but Bitcoin's also new. So I, I think, I think it's played a role. Maybe I'm moving the goalposts, but 
I think it's been a pretty good success. And yes, there is a reason why we're doing this show today. It is hit a new ish high when we were recording this. Um, um, so I, I think it's an exciting technology. Any final comments, Swithin, um, on this short little discussion on Bitcoin? Um, Swithin? I do think it's uh, an interesting development. I do think it has some utility. I am sort of somewhat skeptical of it um, in the uh, long run. And I do think that my my point really was to suppress um, a currency. You don't need to do that much to it to stop a lot of people from using it. Because you need a network of people to use it. Whereas individual properties doesn't matter if they use it or somebody else does. When you have lots of network effects, I think that can make a big difference. But that doesn't say you couldn't get around it. And maybe it is more robust than I am giving it credit for. Uh, but uh, I certainly don't um, decry its existence. Uh, I think uh, it's a good outlet that we've currently got. I'd probably say I'd, I, I would tend to be more on gold. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, it's in my interest for it to go up because I own some Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, uh, if it goes up, all the better for me. I just now like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on Podbean on YouTube. The more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcryingliberty.show at gmail.com. That's mindcryingliberty.show at gmail.com at gmail.com. 